0: Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. Today, Norma Sharara is appearing on the show. Norma is a principal at Mercer Trust Company, which serves as the investment manager, trustee, and custodian for the ABA Retirement Funds Program. Of course, most of our listeners know that the ABA Retirement Funds Program is a VIP partner of ALA. Welcome, Norma. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Great. Thanks.
0: Uh, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work?
1: Sure. Um, I am a principal with Mercer in the Washington Resource Group. I'm a lawyer who's been in private practice for about 25 years before I joined Mercer. And I focus on qualified retirement plans, fiduciary issues, and a variety of other executive compensation topics.
0: Great. So let's get right into things. Uh, There seems to be a lot happening in your industry right now, which can be concerning for people who are saving for retirement. Let's clarify things a bit. What does regulatory reform mean for retirement plans?
1: Well, unfortunately, Kate, it means that guidance from the three federal agencies that regulate retirement plans, that's the IRS, the DOL, and the PBGC, has come to a screeching halt. Ironically, much of the guidance that was being worked on would have been welcomed by retirement plans and their sponsors, but the general perception in the Trump administration is that all regulations are bad, so regulatory reform and getting the government off employers' backs through deregulation is a top GOP priority. When the Trump administration took office in January 2017, they did what all new presidents do, and they issued an executive order freezing all federal rulemaking. The agencies were directed to postpone final rules that were published but not yet effective and to cease all work on new regulations until the new agency head could review those rules. But the Trump administration also did something new. It issued what has become known as the two-for-one executive order where any cost of new regulations have to be offset by two prior rules being canceled or or pulled back. So federal agency rules are now required to have no net incremental cost. But the agencies are still trying to figure out what that means and how to measure it. So besides the White House, regulatory reform is also a theme in Congress and the Supreme Court, not just for retirement plans, but of course retirement plans are included in the mix. Both the Congress and the Supreme Court have been challenging federal agencies' rulemaking authority. Conservatives say that agencies can only make rules that are authorized by Congress, and they're seeking to roll back not only Obama administration-era rules, but other regulations as well that are not tied directly to laws enacted by Congress. So for several years, the Supreme Court's been leaning towards reducing or eliminating judicial deference for federal agencies interpreting their own rules. Not just retirement plans, as I said, but many other areas including environmental protection and so on. So regulatory reform seems to be having a significant impact on retirement plans because new guidance has slowed down considerably and existing guidance is being challenged both legislatively and judicially.
0: And uh, adding to the confusion, as of this recording, the Senate and the House are hashing out the differences in their versions of the tax bill that was recently passed. As far as you can foresee, what does tax reform mean for retirement plans? Well,
1: Kate, we're not out of the woods yet. It's looking like retirement plans have dodged a bullet in tax reform. Many people thought that tax reform would make changes to the retirement plan rules in order to raise revenue to pay for tax cuts. Retirement plans are an increasingly attractive target for legislative revenue raising because the cost of deferred taxation for amounts held in retirement plans has long been one of the top tax expenditures besides home mortgage interest deduction. So how do retirement plans dodge the tax reform bullet this time? Well, the biggest change, which was widely expected, was supposed to be mandatory Rothification for 401 plans. But to the surprise of almost everyone, that didn't happen. Under various discussion drafts of tax reform, 401 participants would have lost some or all of the ability to make pre-tax salary deferrals, and instead would have only been allowed to make after-tax salary deferrals. But thanks to a populist uproar that was led by a tweet from the president saying, leave 401 plans alone, rossification wasn't included in either the House or Senate bills. Also, the original Senate tax reform bill would have repealed Code Section 409 Cap A. Since 2005, 409 a has had greatly complicated effects on non-qualified deferred comp plans and supplemental executive retirement plans. So repealing 409A and replacing it with a new 409B would have generally eliminated deferred compensation as we know it today for executives. But the concept was entirely dropped, did not appear in either bill going forward. So now tax reform moves into a joint House-Senate conference committee to iron out their differences. As a result, few changes are expected for retirement plans, perhaps just some general tweaking of hardships and loans, but not much else. Under the current legislative rules, conference committee cannot insert any new provisions into the bills or delete provisions that were agreed upon by both houses, except in very limited circumstances, which probably would not affect anything going on with retirement plans. So after the conference committee's work is done and they produce a single bill, Both the House and the Senate will need to vote to approve the final version before it can be sent to the president for signature. GOP leaders are confident that they'll wrap up a final package by the holidays with the expectation of having a final bill landing on the president's desk before year end or perhaps in the first weeks of 2018. So we're crossing our fingers that retirement plans may emerge relatively unscathed in the final tax reform bill and may even benefit from a few technical tweaks.
0: And uh, speaking of kind of up-in-the-air things, uh, the Department of Labor's investment advice fiduciary rule started to be phased in during 2017. My understanding is that the rule elevates ethical and legal standards for some financial advisors. How has that played out so far? Well,
1: 2017 has certainly been a busy year for the DOL fiduciary rule. The rule generally took effect on June 9th of this year, but full implementation of the Best Interest Contract Prohibited Transaction Exemption and other PTEs has been postponed until July 1st, 2019. So while investment advice fiduciaries must give prudent advice in the participants' and IRA owners' best interest, they are not allowed to charge more than reasonable compensation and they have to avoid misleading statements but they don't have to make certain disclosures or warranties or contractual promises, and they don't have to implement anti-conflict policies and procedures. So this is great for the investment advisors, but a little challenging for plan sponsors because plan sponsors have a duty to know whether or not their vendors are fiduciaries. And if they aren't going to get written disclosure saying that they're fiduciaries, plan sponsors need to decide for themselves if the vendor is or is not a fiduciary and must hold the fiduciary to a higher standard of care if the investment advisor is, in fact, a fiduciary. As a practical matter, many people believe that the paperwork portions of the PTEs will never be implemented particularly in light of the war on regulation that we talked about earlier, seeking to reduce government burdens imposed on American businesses. The Labor Department has already mentioned the possibility of issuing more streamlined exemptions, and the SEC has indicated that it may take the lead in designing a uniform fiduciary rule that would apply to all investments, not just retirement plans. Plus, DOL announced that it won't enforce some of the provisions of the new fiduciary rules during this transition period through through July 1st, 2019. Besides the executive branch activity on the DOL fiduciary rule, efforts to repeal or replace it continue to move forward in Congress. There are several bills winding its way through the legislative process with the outcome uncertain in the Senate. Don't forget that there are still three appeals pending in federal circuit courts seeking to totally invalidate the fiduciary rule. A decision from the Fifth Circuit is expected any day now. Also, a federal district court judge in Minnesota recently granted a preliminary injunction against the arbitration restrictions in the best interest contract prohibited transaction exemption. But then the judge turned around and immediately issued an indefinite stay of the decision and not going to issue a final injunction while the DOL prepares to revise or rescind the rule. So, while it's hard to say what's next for the DOL fiduciary rule, one thing we're pretty sure about is that more changes will be coming in 2018. So,
0: having said all that, do you have any predictions for 2018?
1: yes i always have predictions especially this time of year (laughs) so (laughs) Mm -hmm. new year's resolutions and predictions are are great at the beginning of a year so here are three three predictions first and this is an easy one i predict the trump administration the republican congress and the uh somewhat conservative leaning supreme court will continue their war on regulations but due to the very close margins in Congress. Democrats do have considerable power to slow down, or perhaps even stop the Republican agenda, as we saw with the failed attempt to repeal and replace Obamacare earlier this year. So I do think that the war on regulation is here to stay, and what that means for retirement plans remains to be seen, but I think we're going to be getting much less guidance from the government, which makes it harder plan sponsors to know what to do. Uh, Second, second prediction, uh, I think we're going to see a comprehensive retirement policy improvement bill in 2018 that meshes the bipartisan bill passed by the Senate Finance Committee in late 2016 that was known as RESA, R-E-S-A. That bill had support from both President Obama on one hand. Chairman Hatch, Warren Hatch on the other. And if those two could, could, could agree on what was in that bill in November 2016 as a bipartisan retirement policy improvement bill, you've got to think it's got good odds of moving forward even in this very partisan environment. Just on uh, a week or so ago, on December 1st, Richard Neal, the ranking Democrat on the House Ways and Means Committee, introduced two retirement policy bills that are very broad-based. They seek to remove roadblocks to open multiple employer plans, or MEPs, to help small businesses maintain retirement plans. That's something else both Republicans and Democrats can agree on, is helping small businesses to increase their retirement savings. The NEAL bills also increase auto enrollment, creating some new safe harbors, and advances the concept of creating lifetime income options and defined contribution plans. There are many other changes in the NEAL bill or in the Risa bill from last year that have broad-based support from both Democrats and Republicans to address the growing retirement savings crisis. So that's my second prediction, is that even though retirement plans didn't get much included in tax reform, I do think we're going to see some legislative changes in 2018, uh, particularly in the absence of regulatory guidance. And my last prediction is that that fiduciary rule is going to really be a controversial subject on through 2018. Uh, It is highly politicized. uh, Champions and and opponents are very vocal um, and they have staked out their territory and are defending their points of view. The role of the Labor Department in regulating investment advisors is going to be called into question in 2018, particularly for the SEC, who is stepping up to the plate and taking a more active role in issuing a uniform fiduciary rule, The commission at the SEC has been short-staffed for many years. There's been gridlock, but the two commissioners, a Democrat and Republican, are pending confirmation, and hopefully once the SEC commission is fully staffed with a Republican-appointed majority in 2018, they will move forward and perhaps try to issue a uniform fiduciary rule. And some states are even creating their own state-run fiduciary rules while the federal government tries to solve this problem. So those are my three predictions for 2018 for retirement plans.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for talking with me, Norma.
1: My pleasure.
0: And thank you to our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us, which makes it easier for others to find the podcast. As always, you can learn more about ALA, our VIP partners, and our upcoming events at alanet.org. And you can catch up on all things legal industry and the latest trends and best practices in our flagship publication at legalmanagement.org. That's legalmanagement.org. Until next time.